Well, I was one that never really thought that I needed any kind of, you know, diet per se. Um, but I, I, you know, because I thought that I ate quite well. But through comp or my first prep, it was, you know, pretty much a lot of chicken, broccoli, and rice. This standard bodybuilder's diet, right? Um, you know, and and it was. Fun, I thought at the time, but poster, I wasn't prepared for what was going to come. Mm. Um, my reverse wasn't great. I um, was super hungry. I was binging. It got to the point where I was binging and making myself purge. And, um, you know, that was at a time where uh, one of the kids actually saw me throwing up too. And I was like, mm yeah, this is a problem. This has got to change. There's got to be a better way. Um, so that's when I came across yourself and Craig and, you know, just to heal, I guess. And I've always sort of viewed food as being medicine. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today we are continuing our uh, Coach's Corner. I don't even know why I called it that interview. It's just interviewing our amazing coaches and today we have one of our oldest and long, well, she's not oldest in age, but like she's been in with us for the longest amount of time, um, April Orford. She is amazing. She has been through a lot of shit in her life, which I would never wish on my worst enemy, to be honest, <laughs> but you are amazing and you have overcome so much um, to not only obviously transform your own life, but now you help women in our program do the same um, thing. Like Mel, I think you've had a bit of a tough, you've had it tough. I, I mean, I remember when you very first, because so April started in our program as a client, actually. How many years ago were you a client? Uh, it would have been, I think it was 2017, I think the beginning of 2017. Yeah, so you you were probably had just joined the program because we launched it you would have joined just as we launched it, I think, like not long after. You were probably one of the first clients. And April was actually working as a PT in a gym already. Um, and, yeah, she just had been doing, you know, like most women, the crazy restrictive dieting. She was tiny. And I remember she did the program and she worked with Craig and she really applied herself and got amazing results. Um, and I remember I actually signed you up. And I remember speaking to you because April's also a single mum of two kids and I'll get her to tell her story shortly. But I remember you were like, oh, I just, I can't afford to do this program, but I can't afford not to do it. Yeah. And you dove straight in and now look at where you are, which is amazing. So perhaps maybe April start with um, like just a bit of your backstory. So with your personal story and what you've been through and then in terms of all the dieting and the restriction Okay, sure. So I guess it kind of really started, uh, you know, in my late teens when I when I met my ex. I was in that sort of partying phase, going out every weekend on the drugs, and you know, um, I kind of was at that point where I hadn't had anybody in my life, and you know, he came along and he he really love bombed me. Um, I was in a really probably vulnerable spot at that point in my life. 
Um, and I guess he might have seen that and taken it as an opportunity. I was doing quite well for myself in regards to work. Like I was working two jobs and, you know, I was really financially stable. So I guess that might have been another thing he kind of preyed on. Um, but soon after, like I fell pregnant really fast. Like it was three months um, and I found out I was pregnant with my son and I was really scared at that point in time because how old were you then, April? How old were you? I was I was nineteen. Wow. Yeah, I was nineteen. Um, and uh, yeah, I was not long nineteen. I'm with a relationship with my mum wasn't great at that point in time either. So I was really scared to tell her. Um, I don't believe I told anybody. Um, and when I told him. Uh, his reaction was really, um, you know, like I just said to him, I'm not sure if I want to keep this baby. And he just like he flipped it and then though made me feel like everything was going to be okay and that I'd be safe. And um, then time went on and, you know, baby was born and, um, you know, things were okay for a while and he just started getting really violent. Um, you know, I felt pregnant with my second um and the same sort of thing happened again I cried when I found out because I was like oh my god we can't do it with one how the hell are we going to do it with two um and you know again he made me feel like everything was going to be okay um and I think that was during that time was the point of which I can remember him being the most violent I was probably about six weeks pregnant with Bronte um, and I can remember him like just throwing me across the lounge room and me just screaming at the top of my lungs like trying to get help and obviously nobody came and things just kind of got worse from there it was just a spiral of you know the honeymoon cycle where he would, you know, make me feel like everything was, you know, sunshine and roses and um, and then, you know, he would start accusing me of doing things and then he would abuse me and then he would save me from the abuse because, he, you know, he would be the saviour. Um, so I just, yeah, just it was a repetitive cycle and it continued to happen over the years and, you know, as the kids grew older, I was wanting to continue to grow myself. And every time I tried to go back to work, I would work for a period of time. And um, it's kind of almost like he saw it as um, a threat to him. He didn't like me doing well for myself. So then it, like the cycle would just repeat. Um, and obviously uh, my employer's would notice the change in me and he would start calling and pestering the workplace and then it would you know he would start throwing threats towards them so I would leave um and it just kept going until the point one day um where I can remember we were sitting down at um my parents' place. He just—he was accusing me of uh, sleeping with his brother, and we'd been together for nearly, you know, ten years at this point. <clears throat> and uh, I'd only like it was only in the past year that I'd met his brother that we'd been together. Anyway, he's like, "Oh, you slept with my brother this that, and the other." I'm like, "Like, 
what do you even mean? Like it was seriously to the point where if I was two minutes home late from work or what he would think was late, it's like, who are you seeing? Are you kidding me? Like there was a little bit more traffic on the road. Anyway, we were sitting at mum's one day going through my phone bill, ringing these people just to see who they were because I was trying to rehome dogs that we had because um, we had our dog had pups. Anyway, um, I just got to the point where I just had enough. I was sitting there. I'm like, why am I trying to prove myself to this person who, you know, it clearly doesn't believe me and I have no reason to not be trusted? Like all I'm trying to do is to you know, have a better life. Um, and then that was it. He, it, you know, going did get to the point where I would set uh, an emergency feature on my phone where you sort of press the button a couple of times and it would send an SOS message to a certain number. And uh, I did that with uh, with my mom. I said, mom, if you, if you get this message, I said, ring the police and send them down home because you know that things are bad. Um, so that happened a couple of times when I was trying to like just escape the situation and I can remember the police would show up and they would obviously question us and he was at that point so good at telling lies that he would tell them one story and then they would believe him and I could just remember them talking to me and and you know being like well he's clearly just not you know not exactly what you're saying like why is this here and it, it was just I felt like I wasn't heard I felt like I had nowhere to turn to um seriously the hardest thing for anybody who's going through any kind of domestic violence I really feel like there is not enough support for women mm. there is just not um mm. and even after because when you you because did you leave him before you joined our program was it during I can't remember I left before, um, but we were still going through all the Mm. court um, Mm. scenario for custody of the children because uh, he actually took them from me. Mm. Um, I I did take, I, I grabbed the kids one day and I took them to my sisters after I'd sought legal advice. I took them and I left and I sent him a message and I let him know that I had them. And, you know, um, then that weekend was my son's final football game and I didn't want him to miss out. Mm. So I took him to the game and then after the game, obviously he was there and mm. he took him and that was it. You, I could see the fear in my son's face that day when Sean was like, you know, you're not, you know, you can't take him or whatever. And I just, there was nothing I could do. I, I just mm. I couldn't fight. Mm. I wasn't going to make a scene in public. So I just, I just had to, I had to walk away and just, my daughter wasn't there at that time. She was elsewhere. Um, but the following Monday I took her to school and I took my son's bag and packed his lunch and I just let him know. I said, look, you know, kids' bags are in the office, the lunch is packed, whatever, whatnot. 10 minutes later, I get a message which read pretty much the same as the one that I had sent to him, you know, the week before about, you know, there's no contact until further, you know, action is taken, etc. And that was it. I didn't see them for a good, like nearly two months, I would say. 
Mm. Um, that was really hard. And that was at the point where I kind of, I'd hit rock bottom because I'd spent good 10 years or, you know, close to 10 years of my life devoting myself to my kids and an abusive partner and then had wound up with nothing but the clothes that were on my back. Um, so that's where I kind of realized that I needed to do more for me mm-hmm. um, and to, you know, I guess that's where I kind of um, turned. I, I went to compete in a uh, bodybuilding comp. It was my first one. That was in 2016. And, and that was after that where I kind of looked out for you guys because mm-hmm. my relationship with food at that point was not great. Yeah, so talk more about that now, I guess, lead into the, so all the dieting stuff and then leading up to joining the program. Mm -hmm. Well, I was one that never really thought that I needed any kind of, you know, diet per se. Um, But I, I, you know, because I thought that I ate quite well, but through comp or my first prep, it was, you know, pretty much a lot of chicken, broccoli and right this standard bodybuilders diet right um you know and and it was fun I thought at the time but post show I wasn't prepared for what was going to come um my reverse wasn't great I um, was super hungry I was binging it got to the point where I was binging and making myself purge and um you know, that was at a time where uh, one of the kids actually saw me throwing up too. And I was like, mm, yeah, this is a problem. This has got to change. There's got to be a better way. Um, so that's when I came across yourself and Craig and, you know, just to heal, I guess. And I've always sort of viewed food as being medicine, Um You yeah. also had April too. I remember you had really bad cystic acne. when you joined the program too so talk about now like since joining the program all the change like how things change for you health-wise body composition wise your skin talk about that because it's pretty incredible like your skin it was bad it was it was so after that comp I actually because I had the marina in at that time as well um I lost my period completely and Mm. I didn't have my period for about three years had the marina yeah Um, and that's, you know, when I had the marina removed, um, I like, I had the poor skin issues prior, but post that removal was when it got really bad. Mm. Um, So it was, look, it was a tedious process, a lot of testing and measuring. And I was at the stage too, where I really didn't want to go outside. Mm. I didn't want to be seen, like I wanted to just hide my face because, you know, I'm an adult. Who the hell has skin like that at, you know, at my age? Um, so I really had to, um, you know, go through the process. I cut out the starches and I did that for a good period of time. Some liver, oysters. I remember you smashed yeah. down the liver. Yeah. Yeah. As many, like I never really ate liver or oysters. I was something that I would never eat beforehand. I was like, ew, oysters. <laughs> Not gross like <laughs> I'm just not ever going to eat that but um I love oysters now I'll eat them yeah. fresh um yeah. you know, and it's really I had to just implement the basics consistently 
for a um, long time. It took you a while to clear your skin, but your skin looks clear now. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's very clear now. And I'm not going to lie, there's times where when there are more stressful situations going on that, you know, my skin does um, erupt a little. Mm. Uh, but that's when I know, like, the... the... It, is, it is interesting, isn't it, how, like, I know for me, my sleep and my cycle, if, like, it's interesting how stress affects people in different ways. It's always these triggers. And if I'm really stressed, I'll get a little bit of uh, eczema. And then as mm-hmm. soon as the stress goes away, even though my diet and everything's the same, it's gone. It's, yeah. ama- it's, it's amazing, hey, how, like, you just know these signs when you're you can recognize and then obviously take the appropriate action, which is um, cool. But yeah, your skin looks great now. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty, um, pretty crazy. And you, you're so strong now too. Like how much do you weigh? Uh, it's my 54 kilos. 54. And you can, I saw you like banging out like what, 95 kilo squats for like how many reps? Oh, look, 95 kilos. At, I would say yeah, about eight reps at 95. Remember when you couldn't even do like 95 for one? I know. Remember? I know. Oh, my God. I can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember like, yes, I've got 95 kilos for three reps and I'd get two and the last one was really Your squat was a bit ugly as well too. Now it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. I love watching you squat. I'm like, that is just the most beautiful efficient amazing squat and so what's your best because april's competed in powerlifting what's your best squat bench and deadlift my one best, my best mm-hmm. squat is 110 mm-hmm. um bench is 60 amazing and my deadlift's 138 and a half wow so crazy and april looks amazing she's just this how tall are you though you're a fucking short she's like five foot nothing yeah but 159 centimeters so yeah, she's a shorty She's yeah. a shorty, but she looks great. She's muscly and she's strong and she eats lots, she eats lots of food. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. So, great. So, so you, you, I remember you, were, you coached for us for a while and then you actually became a coach. So, tell us why. Like, what? why do you love coaching women? Oh, because I know the impact that this has had on my life and how much it's changed me. Mm. Um, and I love being able to be a part of that for other women too. It's just so warming to see someone come from a really vulnerable position and to be able to encourage them to be this energy booming, vibrant woman who's just so confident within herself. Because I mean, when you get to that point, like you feel like you're invincible you know um and it because i know that it's not just about um being strong and eating good food it's everything else that comes into play like the relationships you have with other people you know your productivity with um your work life uh, your your general overview of life completely changes and the choices that you make um everything changes um and there needs to be more of it in all honesty women really need to be um you know I guess you would say selfish to be selfless because me too if of having lost everything at that one point um for for many women especially mothers who devote so much of themselves to everybody else I really want women to give back more to themselves because at the end of the day, if we are to lose everything, then what have we got? Mm. 
I just mm. I just want more women to be able to know who they really are as a person and you know because I look at my mum as well and um you know she did everything for us and I love her dearly you know um for that but I just wish she would do more for herself too and I know like she's got a few health issues going on and a few injuries here and there. And like I've tried to talk to her and I've tried to help her. She's not ready yet, obviously. Um, but just seeing that, like looking at my mum and just wanting my mum to do more for herself. And that's what I want to do for my kids too, is that yeah, you know, at times I might not be, you know, doing what they want to do, or they might be not something that they want to eat that's put on their plate, but I'm doing this for me to show them that you, you have to put you first at the end of the day. So yeah, that's just what I want to deliver to, to more women. Just do mm. you. And, you know, there's more good that comes from that because little people watch you. So true. So true. And April talk about um, what's, what are the types of women that you work with and the sort of issues that they have and then what results do they see? Um, oh, there's a variety of women that I work with. Um, so we've got women who, who come in with, you know, uh, a lot of thyroid issues who have uh, like Hashimoto's, um, polycystic ovaries, um, women who are, you know, they're carrying just too much weight for their frames. They're just too big. They've just, you know, neglected themselves for so long and, the results that I've seen that they've come from not being able to train to, you know, smashing out some really good numbers in the gym. Um, you know, I've, I've seen women who've had um, cysts in their ovaries, who've had scans done and come back and said, oh, you know, my cysts are like they've shrunk in size and they're nearly gone. Um, and that that's very rewarding. Um I think the there's one most recently. I think there's actually a few of most recent who I really, um, you know, one I've been working with for a very long period of time. She had quite a lot of health issues and a lot of behavior, sort of um, behavioral not issues I would say, but choices she would make in terms of just drinking alcohol and foods that she would snack on and just not having the willpower to say no or, you know, be like, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. Like, I'll just have this here and there, whatever, not, you know. Um, but she's been through a lot. Uh, coming from the point of where she wasn't training, um, she ended up having to have surgery and had a hysterectomy and, um, you know, then is living in quite a remote area where the gym's not very close to her, so ended up purchasing equipment for a home gym and uh, going from someone who wasn't training to then starting to squat and just her form is just amazing. I just sit there in awe every time I watch her training videos. I'm just like, wow, like you just, I can see so much potential and you just keep going and she's done remarkably well. And we work really hard on changing um, a lot of her habits and, you know, how she would view things. And I like to kind of just question as to how would you do things differently and how does it make you feel and really make people aware of the differences to, you know, 
how they're feeling with different choices that they're making because I think that that really creates a lot of awareness and that awareness is the first place that people can make change, right? So, mm. yeah, just yeah, a lot of um, strength gains and a lot of weight loss as well. So Awesome, awesome, mm. awesome. And finally, April, say for a woman who was listening to this and she's on this journey, maybe she's struggling to be consistent or make those, you know, changes to her behavior or choices. What advice would you give her? Don't give up on yourself. Mm. Um, It's hard. It's, you know, living this lifestyle is definitely not easy when you're starting out. Um, But just don't give up on yourself. Keep going. Um, And just really think about what it is that you want for yourself. Um, because yes, you can still enjoy life and, you know, um, and be that best version of you. Um, you won't regret it. You really won't regret it. Um, just put in the work, reach out for support if you need it. Um, but we as coaches here through this program, uh, you know, are here to give all the support, you know, provide if you're ready to do the work. Um, but behaviors take time to change as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just keep at it. Mm. Just mm. don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice, April. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing, um, all of that. And ladies, if you're listening and you've been thinking about, you know, joining the coaching program or you want to find out more, I'm just going to pop a link below in the show notes. You can book in for a free call with me and we can have a chat about where you're at and what your goals are and see if um, the coaching program can help you. Uh, so thanks again, April. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you hit some more um, big numbers in the gym. Yes, always, always. Thanks, Kit. Bye. Bye.